morning, everybody. I hope it's a wonderful morning for each of you, each of you, our listeners, and each of you, our uh, participants. What if they don't on this listen episode? in the morning? Mm. Um, that would be really weird. If yeah, if it's if it's nighttime and you're listening to this right now, I uh, that's the beauty of a podcast. You can listen to it. I don't know. I feel bad for you though. Anytime during the day, <laughs> it seems you should be doing something better than this. If it's if it's nighttime, <laughs> isn't there a movie um, or something you can watch? I mean, usually you're stuck in the car in the morning. You're like, oh, what can I possibly do? Oh, L L T M. What are we? L T M B Y M. Yeah. Hey, they've got a new episode. It's been two months. Three? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully it's a good morning. Hopefully it's a good any time of the day for all, each of you, our, uh, our listeners. Um, gosh dang, it's been been too long. It's been a while. We had a, we had a whole Christmas break and everything in between. Fantastic. I got COVID. Any of you guys got COVID? I got COVID on th- for Thanksgiving. Yeah. My mother-in-law got it. Thanksgiving miracle. I got sick and didn't get tested. Maybe I got it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had it the week before Thanksgiving, so I okay. was just so, before Jordan. So yeah. we, we've all had it since since our last episode. Nice. Wasn't that big a deal? I, uh, it helped me log uh, over 100 hours in Star- Stardew Valley over a two-week period. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot of videos of uh, those guys who trim the hooves of cows to remove uh, rocks and things where it's all pussy. I, I did about, mm, I don't know, eight hours in one day of that. It was strange. Of, of, your own, <laughs> of your own volition? Wow. Well, the algorithm presented it. Oh, my I watched goodness. it, and then I was like, this I want another like one. The next and then step another of one. Dr. Pimple Popper? Yeah, it was a doctor. It was like a different. <laughs> I've never got into the Dr. Pimple Popper, really. But, but this hoof, one, this one grabbed cleaning. me, and I couldn't get out. And it was really satisfying until until, <laughs> until many hours had passed, and I was like, "What is my life? <laughs> this is good." Wow! I, uh, I did not anticipate uh, Jordan bringing content about uh, trimming hooves and uh, mm-hmm. Brandon coming in with a hot take, sharing his opinions on the the origins of the COVID virus. You guys are going to want to rewind to get to my my hot take of that. You probably you've you probably doing, missed it. You've you probably blanked and you missed it. Research, but I yeah, I I uh, just shared my hot take about the COVID origins. So hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble. Well, can't wait. <laughs> um, what about uh, what about musically? What you guys concerts? Anyone been to? Any concerts last? I was two, sad two to miss so? you guys. Went to Iceburn, you and Steve. I was sad to miss that. We did. Yeah, Brandon, you should plug your video. That's a that's a great video. Oh. Sounds great. Looks great. Put it in the show notes. Um, I hope I hope you got a thank you note from Gentry. You know something. I sent it to him, and he yeah he did. Oh good. He did express appreciation. Um, yeah, it was fun. So Iceburn Eagle Twin played together. Uh, also, a band called Dunn. I don't know how it's pronounced. The O has a little slash through it, like it's a who Nor- opened, Norwegian or something. Who opened for who between Iceberg and Dunn Twin. went first. Okay, and that that band is another duo. So it's uh, Cash Tolman, who's Iceberg's bass player. Yeah. So he plays bass, slash. Well, yeah, and then uh, the drummer. What's his name? It's the it's the guy who records everything for for him the that owns the 
Yeah, jeez. This we'll, we'll edit this out and post. No, yeah. I think we should just sit in silence and, <laughs> and think about it. It's time for our contemplative ten minutes. Do you want me to look it up? <laughs> Let's see. No, like we should insert. Doesn't the, matter. The Benny Who Hill went theme next? Song. Uh, so Iceberg yeah, they went next first. Then no, the Eagle Twin. Eagle Twin. And then Iceberg. And then Iceberg. All right. Yeah, it was it was quite the it show. It sounded really good. It sounds like it was a great time. Yeah, I was jealous. I wanted to be there. It didn't work out for me either. So yeah, any of you that want to see the video, I uh, I took three cameras. Steve was kind enough to help me set a few of them up. So. Nice. Two were just set up on tripods, you know, just hit record at the beginning, yeah. let them go, and then I'm wandering around with the third camera. So we we got some good good angles. I had a uh, a GoPro that I had on a little mini tripod, just set at the, the front of the stage. How'd you capture the audio? Uh, the uh, the sound guy was kind enough to let me patch into his board. No kidding. Yeah, That's I said, cool. hey, do you got some audio outs that I can plug into? He's like, yeah, man, and it sounded great. He that's awesome they got a good sound guy there at urban lounge so very nice if you want to see it just go to youtube search for iceburn urban lounge it'll come up very nice so i since the last time we met i don't know steve was your opera since the last time we met because i i went to yeah. that that's that might be the only live music i went to one of christian asplins i went to his ba- boxing day thing but other than that i don't think i've so I've had two contemporary music experiences. And st- shout out to our very own Dr. Stephen Leon Ricks for his contemporary opera. It was very, very fascinating and, and really uh, unlike anything I've seen in the sense of the multimedia, right? Like video, animation, kind of uh, the props, the some of the stuff being, pl- some of the stuff that was like props and art being played by musicians, and then an opera... It's really beautiful, and Brandon videoed that. So a running theme. Brandon's doing mm-hmm. AV for, for all the up and comers are are wanting me to film a <laughs> concert vids for them. All of us fifty plus up and comers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, that happened at the end of October, and yeah, Brandon, thank you. Did and, a great video. And our friend the opera, Steve Bosses Tuttle, and Fleeman. Bosses and Fleeman, and Steve Tuttle, our friend, wrote the the words or adapted the words yeah that's right yeah really cool yep yep (laughs) dig it that that dude playing the tree the metal sculpted tree as an instrument that was something else talk about heavy metal (laughs) 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 so for today (laughs) yeah watching that steve's opera and that guy playing those heavy metal instruments Got just got me thinking. We got to do our metal episode part two. We got to we we laid the foundations two years ago or what? Three years? I don't know. I know I know the first. I think it was in the late nineties. <laughs> it probably was. It it was in my garage when we recorded that one. Um, so that was that was a while ago. But yeah, we we laid <clears> the foundations <throat> of our metal wing of the uh, Let the Music Be Your Master Hall of Fame. Uh, and I remember the limitations of that one was it uh, it could include the origins of metal, but only up through the year, was it 90? I think 1990, maybe 91. One of those. And I know you guys chafed against those rules. You didn't. You didn't want to, but it was kind of kind of to force us to really dive into the 80s, which, uh, let's face it, are pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. 
Hold what? on a second. Come on. I mean, no. They weren't terrible. <laughs> I mean, you're t- no. It's a little too well, broad. Let's, maybe, let's hear it. Say. Well, I mean, 80s and metal, I mean, it got terrible, but it also gave us the first four Metallica albums. And isn't Slayer's Rain and Blood from the 80s? I mean, it produced like. There, there's these tentpole moments that uh, are really critical. I mean, you can't just yeah. broad brush say the 80s were terrible. I, okay. I, um, it's still true, but I see what you're, I see what you're saying. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, you know, once, once Metallica had been picked and some of the other obvious ones, like when, once it came around to like, okay, who's my second? Oh, crap. Who's left? Um, do I really have to listen to Megadeth? Oh, dang it. <laughs> there's, some good, there's two good Megadeth albums. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wanted, I wanted to basically force myself to, to dive in and uh, listen to, to some of the stuff that I had ignored for, for so long and see if there's, there's some gems in there. And? Was it worth it? Well, you'll have to go back and listen to that, that episode and, and see. I'm kind of regretting that I didn't, but... <laughs> I yeah I'm I remember that rule and I remember chafing at it because I was like because you wanted re- to include all the '90s stuff that you knew yes yeah and be- because I was like we're really gonna do a full episode on '70s and '80s metal <laughs> like it just seemed so but uh, so in preparation for this I haven't included anything '90s because I that's how much I chafed oh. at it I totally oh. forgot it's just 2000s it's 2000s on for me which I know nothing oh, wow. and so my prep t- was I was gonna prep and I didn't so. My- <laughs> So I just, I basically, Apology before tour. I came on over Apology here, I'm not tour. apologizing for anything. Okay, I'm saying, no apologies. Yeah. <laughs> no apologies, and I'm the, I'm the student who came to the final, and I'm like, I'm going to take this thing, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> you're hoping it's essay, and you're just going to go off the cuff. Well, I, admire, I admire the pluck that the, you... The uh, BS meter is, is, that, is that on. Bring with it. <laughs> so More than usual. We're, uh, we're titling this episode, <clears throat> Metal from Ashes. Uh, the the previous episode, what was it called? The uh, Rain in Metal, The Rise and Fall of the Holy Metal Empire. Uh, and it kind of finished with Metallica's Black Album, signifying the death of of heavy metal as we knew it at the time. Um, and, kind of, well, let me let me read the, the prompt here. Should we just listen live to the first one? For like an hour? <laughs> our reaction to our own episode. Yeah. <laughs> for an hour it's, it's, three, it's, two, it's, it's four three hours, hours long it it's three How hours long, long. <laughs> <laughs> listen to it on triple speed back, back some of that weird. speed metal if you, if you go three times on that speed yeah. metal that'll sound we awesome. could do it like and, and do I, th- I think we should do like MST3K version where like we're just like mocking ourselves Ourself. and cracking jokes as we're listening but anyway oh, wow. okay that would be fat let's see maybe one of our listeners can do that and then send it to us for that would hurt. That would exclusive. Hear too much. I don't want to hear. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Previously on "Let the Music Be Your Master," we chronicled the rise and fall of heavy metal from the beginnings in the '60s, the golden age of the '70s, the excesses of the '80s, and its demise in the '90s. We erected the first floor of the metal wing of our Hall of Fame, but the second floor remains unfinished. And don't get me started on the basement. The doors locked, barricaded, buried under rubble, strewn with hexes, in hopes of keeping the demons banished in the darkness. This time, we'll construct the second floor and look at new forms of heavy music. So, we're not going to use the term heavy metal this time, because that doesn't seem to apply for sure for the decade of the 90s. That that term was only used um, 
pejoratively, mostly. There, there are still some, some hangers on, but... Um, Brandon's such a pro. You know why he's doing this? Because he knows at least one of us didn't read the email. <laughs> this is his way. That was. I like that. I like that setup. That was nice. So, so we're gonna like Sunday school lesson. Not, okay, please just turn to uh, Matthew chapter five. We're just gonna we're just gonna start verse one. We're gonna read it. No, go. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so we're we're not going to be focusing on heavy metal or what what would still be considered like exactly the the genre of you know or the descendants of uh, Iron Maiden and Slayer and Metallica and that stuff. Although it can, of course, that stuff is included. But uh, for for our purposes, we're we're just considering the best of heavy music. So anything that anything that's it's heavy, that has predominantly distorted guitars, uh, and focusing on the years 1990 to the present. Uh, but maybe we can spend a, a little time talking about some of the uh, the precursors in the 80s, some of the people that that led to led to some of the changes. I I have a question, and I don't know if if it ruins or if it undercuts where we're going to go. But there's a, a a critical band that overlapped late eighties into the nineties. And I can't remember for the life of me, if we covered them in the first one or not. And it would be crazy to me if they didn't get mentioned in either episode, but I don't want to spend time on it. If it was covered in the first one, did, Give us did the you name. make Let's a, did you make a playlist of our, our songs from the first episode? I don't remember. <laughs> let's 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 hear the name of the band and then, then the we'll band v- veto you or is not. a little band called Pantera. Hmm. Did they do a song about cowboys? Uh, I mean, they had uh, or an album or album something called Cowboys from Hell. Then I'm I'm pretty sure you played. I think their, we, I think yeah. it came Cemetery up. I think okay. it came yeah. up. Okay, and they kind of they they did kind of transition a little bit with the uh, with the '90s, but they mainly remained. Refresh our memories in a, in no, I, I, a half a minute. What's the they what's feel the more like a '90s metal band though? Why like are when they I think of Pantera, the sound of it feels more '90s. There, I mean, that first album was was a little bit more traditional metal, and then they they really like slowed things down. I think that's maybe what made it feel like they there was some something that made them stand out a little bit in the 90s like if you listen to like to walk from a vo- i think that's a vul- vulgar display of power it's it's much more slowed down it's still very heavy but it's like a very slow metal song and then they were i mean they were massive they were massive in the 90s they they, they hit their peak in the 90s but they're still metal yeah they were probably maybe like one of the few groups that held on to uh popularity and credibility and still was referred to as metal, but with it out, w- without it being a, a pejorative in the '90s. Like I think most people would say, yeah, Pantera was was metal, but I don't think it like they didn't become like a like a punchline. I don't think. I mean, it was yeah, it was Pantera. They just kicked I've got, ass. <clears throat> I've got two questions. Now they're kind of a punchline on on the hardtimes.net. Yeah, I mean, they they there was. Because some, how you've, some real problematic stuff. You've missed your meeting with your <laughs> bail bond officer. Or something. <laughs> so, but at the time, I mean, Rage Against the Machine is probably a punchline on the hard times yeah, as well. Everybody, everyone is. is. Yeah, but they were they were cr- obviously credible at the time as well. 
I got two questions from our for our captain today. One, just what's our structure? Are we doing rounds? And two, more substantively, to your write up, your intro, what what is it that killed metal in the nineties? Why did metal die in the nineties? Perfect question. Let's get into that. Did one. it turn into grunge? What like what That's... what what happened? Well, what what do you guys think? If well, I mean, I, I feel like this is fairly well documented but there was like this i mean metal became a caricature of itself with mtv hitting its peak at in the in the late 80s early 90s and then hair metal becoming this highly highly like um commodified version of it where bands were being created and marketed and having to have a, a certain appearance which kind of washes anything that resembles soul from it you know so that it can it can be this thing that you throw on tv and then i think part of it was was maybe some of like the the myth of of cobain but i think a, a lot of the grunge bands were were pretty vocal about their dislike of what that had become the weird thing is and i don't want to like undercut anybody's picks or anything but if you look at early grunge like you have kind of your your pillar bands of grunge that was this supposedly this repudiation of metal where they where they were essentially like eliminating big guitar solos they were simplifying but there was still distortion very much but the crazy part is like in my mind there's there's like four or five bands that are like the pillars of what grunge was and two of those bands i feel like at their roots are almost and their music is almost more metal than it is grunge yeah i can name them but i don't want to undercut anybody i've been willing to name them soundgarden soundgarden and alice and james like those are metal bands yeah Mm -hmm. but they were grunge and so i don't know it it, lines really started to get blurred in the 90s i i think that's i think yeah, those bands in particular are a pretty good representation of like the new direction of it. Cause, so it, just as an example, um, in 89, we've got Motley Crue's Doc, Dr. Feelgood that comes out. Yeah. So it's it sounds... He's the little... one that makes it feel all right, yeah. right? Actually, just the opening of this, you could convince me this was grunge. Yeah, totally. Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah there's, a, yeah, there's something. The main difference would be the aesthetic, the video. Okay, but now, then it turns into pop. Yeah. Now it's Motley Crue all the way. This is actually kind of a cool album. I I secretly like it a lot. <laughs> Well, I think this song was one of my picks for our metal episode, even though I was kind of the one picking the ones that were maybe were more like I hard all of your rock. Picks were scorpions. <laughs> I wanted them to be, but you guys didn't let me. <clears throat> okay, so so that's Motley Crue, 1989. I, I think subject matter and topically, there was also like a very intentional dif- differentiation, like that. That was. 
glorifying debauchery in a really obnoxious way and i think grunge was really trying to be like a more thoughtful approach to it but i mean this yeah. is like smoking in the boys room girls 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 shout at the devil dr phil yeah. like it was all topically about sex and drugs and partying it was more like there's like a generational shift about like and kind what of a, you're a weird macho-ness about. of it like very, yeah look very, how awesome i am and how much you're gonna want to get it on with me very hypersexual like from from the appearance from the the like use of of phallic guitars and guitar solos to everything it was and grunge just tried to push away from every aspect of that the grunge fashion, is more the sound the content the, would you say it's more self-deprecating yeah yeah more more cynical about the world more some if in the case of nirvana maybe a little more nihilistic Be, even more cynical about the music industry at, at large in general right like it was like fighting against itself as it was becoming commercial okay but also different from like the thrash metal of because that, that was like the other side of the 80s where you had your metallicas and slayers that that was more like anger mm-hmm. But not necessarily self-deprecating. It was like anger at the world, at society. It's like, I'm tough. I'm going to beat your face in. Yeah. Kind of anger. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's more like kind of melancholy and even hopelessness in grunge. More of a kind of a nostalgia and... Apathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah. Different shades of that. It's just, it's 90s versus 80s in a lot of ways. Just yeah. the mm-hmm. the mentality. It's it's the the leather versus the flannel. <laughs> the, the 80s metal guys were having more fun in a way a type of fun whereas the 90s guys were having a fun in their own way and then then maybe say, the crazy maybe. part is we still lost pretty, a lot of 90 guys like from the the same things they were yeah. they were just really sad while they did <laughs> right yeah and maybe we'll come full circle with one of george's picks You're, you picked five finger death punch right yeah yeah we'll get there okay it's a classic jordan That's okay all, i always think of jordan when i hear them so so that's kind of the uh that's that answer thank you you answer. answered my question so what's the structure for today um so i was thinking <clears throat> first we'd start out briefly with um maybe talk about some of the, some of the groups that that led to this this sea change in the, the music culture another episode of our goal is to talk as much as possible <laughs> before we play music okay yeah. awesome and then uh and then we'll each do three picks for the for the hall of fame and just go around the room for the hall of fame for should, this should the 80s precursor I thought it was like our favorite so it's a hall of fame for a genre of music that we are not naming or fully defining yeah okay <laughs> Ten yeah. four. but it's an extension of the hall of fame of 70s and 80s quote-unquote metal metal built on a foundation of metal but uh, but if you'll remember like i included uh in that episode king crimson and steve included scorpion scorpions no it was scorpions he picked scorpions oh yeah (laughs) the russian version the the scorpion tribute band yeah (laughs) oh whoops my my distorting sorry i'm gonna get too loud wind winds of sameness by scorpions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you know we, we were trying to you know broaden the the definition a little bit even even back then um push, pushing against the restrictions okay let, let's try it let's try it any any nominations for for bands that that influenced 
the either either grunge or just the way that that heavy music moved into in the 90s i have a question so these are bands that would have been active in the 80s yeah i want to throw a band out there that i've always i i wasn't a big fan of but they seem to be really important to lots of people including musicians and i'm interested to hear the rest of you explain to me their the importance of them and their influence that's motorhead and it seems like part of it was lemmy and in the scene in london almost as kind of like a, a father figure or he was you know he was cultivating part of a scene like i remember even chrissy hine talking about you know moving to london in her early days and living in that same area where he was and so there was a wide variety of i think musicians that felt inspired by him and by motorhead but the music itself i'm not so compelled by but it does seem like there's something there with metal being sped up and adding punk elements and and it's there's a kind of synthesis there that i think points towards things that happen later in the 90s and beyond so i'm i'm ready to pass the mic now to the rest of you to tell me more about motorhead because i just i just feel like they keep coming up and i hear about other musicians talk about them but i'm not i'm I'm not so clear on why or you know why they're important or what that what that influence is you know Interesting. Yeah. I don't know anything about Motorhead. Uh, I, I love Motorhead. I think part of it is what you said. Lemmy, I think, was... I think he's kind of like a classic musical anti-hero. He was... And I think that's why other musicians maybe like him. He Like, nobody would ever accuse him of selling out. Um, I think they had, like, really good iconography. They're like, like a, a Motorhead t-shirt always was was cool like anybody could wear it um and then they did have it it seems like their music did get included in certain like pop culture moments that coincided with i think what would typically be considered with like good taste in music like i remember i think i can't remember if it was tony hawk pro skater three or four one of them had um ace of spades like on the soundtrack and though like as as stupid as it sounds like those early tony hawk pro skaters and then tony hawk underground games really influenced like how a lot of people listen to music that was this divergence of media and guitar hero yeah as things were changing but like if you played ace of spades it's the speed there's a speed and intensity and emotion i think i I think it did influence things to come and because it wasn't hair metal yeah. Right. It seems like a combination of punk and metal that that maybe leads to speed metal or stuff like that. Like like heavy metal or something, especially coming out of like Black Sabbath and stuff. That's usually you know that's that slow kind of really heavy driving, and then the speed it seems like comes from punk. You know, and so maybe well, but I don't know. Yeah, not, the, not, the drums and the speed of this are like very punk feeling. Yeah. Anyway. Would this be one of the bands that like the Beastie Boys were listening to when they were doing their punk stuff? Probably, that they were influenced but I, by? I feel like the Beastie Boys were like true, just omnivores. I, I think they consumed everything. Yeah, because I've never really looked into like who were their who were their like punk influences, you know, yeah. in terms of their beginnings. So this album was 1980. It does sound pretty different from. The uh, the predominant stuff that was coming out then. It's got it's got the more shouting kind of vocals. 
Like it's not the uh, the high pitched op- operatic heavy metal kind of singing, but it's also not like doomy like the uh, yeah kind of, kind of a, a mixture. I can I can see that see that as a predecessor. The big thing seems to be beyond the music, and we've talked about other things beyond the the, the music, but part of the music is the the culture and the aesthetic and. The 80s hair, I mean, it was so, like, hair, hair, spray hair, and the clothes they were wearing, and it seems like that was all, like, maybe, I don't know, like, an outgrowth of, like, Kiss and the New York Dolls before them, and then the, the grunge stuff was, like, you know, like, go the opposite of that way. You still have the hair, long hair for a lot, but it was just, like, we're gonna wear grungy clothes, we're, we don't care what we're wearing, we don't, you know, and, um, but that's just... But the, it's interesting that you played that that Motley Crue song, and I agreed. I was like, "Yeah, this could be Alice in Chains. This could like the music. It's like the music didn't change maybe as much as the style and the like attitude behind it." I think there were certain <clears throat> elements, though. It, like the intro sounded the same, but if you listen to the Doctor Feelgood album, you're going to hear a power ballad. You're going to hear overblown and overproduced guitar solos. You're going to hear lead vocals that are very very different sounding mm-hmm. and feeling and then again like i said i think just topically it it they always felt like like even when they were addressing like drugs or tragedy it was still had like undertones of a of a party album it, it was like we're celebrating yeah. debauchery well that's what i'm saying the attitude was like a 180 yeah. but like the fact that it's like two guitars bass guitar drums it's loud it's heavy it's distortion it's like to to people who aren't metal heads or aren't like you're just like oh this is just the same old loud music but then you get into it okay it's different musically but the but the attitude behind it the the clothing the style the dress is like it's kind of a, a 180 and maybe that's what made grunge because when it came out i wasn't thinking oh, this is the new metal music it was like oh grunge music is awesome and i totally was making fun of like Motley Crue and White Snake, but I was yeah. listening to Grunge and like this is amazing, and there was no connection to me in my mind at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's like I went straight from Depeche Mode to Grunge. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you didn't go from Motley Crue to Grunge. No. And I wonder, did the people who were listening to Poison and White Maybe. Snake and Motley Crue did they start listening to Grunge? Well, I mean, I can't, I, and it coincides certainly with my <clears throat> age. But I mean, we used to. I had two friends. We would ride our bikes to University Mall, and we would go to Musicland, and we would spend our paper out money. And the tapes that I was buying when I was ten, eleven, and twelve—I kid you not—we were buying Guns N' Roses, Metallica. I bought the first four Metallica albums on cassette tape. We were buying. Um, great white motley crew like all mm-hmm. that and then as grunge came in and there were there were a couple other bands I, I won't name them by name yet because they may come up they probably only come up for me anyway but that kind of transitioned me to that but it also probably coincided with just coincided with where i was like i turned 13 turned 14 start wanting something a little bit different out of music but then it, well i'll name one name because i'm not going to pick one of these but like a 90s band that and i've brought these guys up that i feel like really represented a transition for faith no four faith no more still one of my favorite bands of all time i think the real thing is one of the great hard rock albums ever made that album like if you listen to ep um epic which was their famous where Mike Patton's essentially rapping over metal 
that felt like a real change. And I was probably 12 years old when I saw the video and the fish flopping and it broke my brain. And I was like, this is what I want. I don't want this anymore. And it was very much not of Motley Crue. Yeah. And it really represented this shift into something else. Like this exploded in my head at 12 yeah. years old. And I, I listened to this album more than any other album on, were, on the Were planet. you into rap music yet or no? Not really, no. This So this might have even been like a window into rap a little bit for you. Probably. But this is a this is a metal album. Yeah. This album yeah. is incredible top to bottom, including a Black Sabbath. It ends with a Sabbath cover of War Pigs. Yeah. But like, if you... So let's stick on this one. Listen mm-hmm. to Surprise You're Dead. I think I played this on here before. Listen to Surprise You're Dead on the same album. Okay. And and this tells you like what was influencing them, but also where things are going. I mean, this is straight metal. And then you'll go the next song. You're going to listen to an organ-based song that has like a strong Fender organ. And I'm I'm so unknowledgeable in this area that if someone played this and said initially in just that first part and said this is Motley Crue's best song, I'd be like, cool. Like I I had I would have no idea. And I'd be like, oh, this is better than I thought it'd be. <laughs> but I but yeah, so it's it's I'm I'm very an untrained ear in these ways. But I do have here here's my thing, is I have my favorites. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm like, oh it's nineties, okay, I have a few more come you know. But I'm like, oh shoot! But that doesn't belong on the. I think was in that the Hall of Fame. Eighty-nine, Brandon. Eighty-nine, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think this is a great, <clears throat> great example of of that transition. Would, would you guys agree? Like, um, yeah, when that when that Doctor Feelgood first came on, I think what made it sound like it could possibly be grunge at the beginning was, um, like the the grunge stuff seems to be a little heavier on the bass. Like the the bass is more predominant as an instrument than it was in in heavy metal. What what's the Metallica album that's notorious for? A, is it Judgment? Oh, it's um, Justice, for Justice, all? Justice for All. Oh, yeah, yeah, where they toned down the bass. It was the, Jason Newsted came basically in and replaced like Cliff Burton. Took the bass out of the and mix. The, the legend is they took the bass. Out of the mix. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and often the bass is just. Uh, you know, m- mimicking what the what the root of the guitar is doing, uh, so I I think that's at least tonally that's that seems to be one of the differences in the in the change is like oh the bass is its own instrument and it can hmm. uh, and that like you notice that obviously in the <coughs> the Faith No More thing where it's like just the bass is playing for a while. Um, one one thing that or. One that came to mind for me is Fugazi. There's another one that played a big part in in this transition. So they they form in the '80s, mid mid to late '80s. Um, I just I feel like Ian McKay would be so pissed at you if he thought you were calling Fugazi metal. I'm not calling him metal. He doesn't need to be pissed at me. <laughs> he might still be anyway. <laughs> but. The, I mean, they were very different from what was happening in the 80s. So this is... I'll play a song from Repeater. This one came out in 1990. Um, 
This is Greed by Fugazi. Pretty different from from what you were going to hear on the radio in the the late '80s. So uh, I told myself I was going to talk a lot and that I wasn't going to like fight opinions. <laughs> but then you brought Fugazi in. It. Yeah. Are what are you saying? He's talking about hard music. It's, it's, in it's my not mind, metal anymore. Remember? In my mind, We've, yeah. Fugazi is pure punk, and yeah. it's a, it's more an extension and a representation of where punk was going, particularly in the D.C. area. You go Minor Threat, Bad Brains, Fugazi, and like Bad Brains and Fugazi were incredible musicians that you listen to their albums. You hear stuff that you weren't going to hear anywhere else, but that was that was the mm-hmm. a branch of punk that I just feel like is is not is not even a response to like 80s hair metal they were they were doing their own thing building on very different bands that influenced them in how, my opinion how could it not be a response to the Maybe pr- predominant part of the culture though i mean they they're obviously not doing a lot of the things that were that were popular and selling <laughs> albums at the time and it wasn't because they couldn't do them if they didn't want to no i mean they had a whole aesthetic around around commercialism and selling tickets selling but I, i'm saying these guys were huge in influencing the way music went the next decade like and not just not just punk during the 90s like you think of all, all the bands that were influenced by by fugazi whether they know it or not sure i'm just and, trying to and the way and the way it sounds like i think they they helped with the kind of the aesthetic that jordan was was talking about like the um the authenticity the uh, diy approach the um but to me you're just describing punk right which <laughs> which all that kind of bled into the 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 more mainstream or what became like alternative so it's, right? yeah, it, okay. it didn't so it didn't just stay going. underground like in the 80s it was very niche very underground in the 90s like I, my my take I, is I see them as a direct precursor to Nirvana. So my my take is Brandon, you're you're wanting this episode not to exclude punk. You're saying right. bring your hard music. Punk, punk's heavy. From heavy metal okay. to punk to whatever's hard. If if you think it it belongs in the the Hall of Fame of of heavy music, well, I mean that would dramatically change my list. I did the wrong homework because you 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 stuck more closely to heavy metal. Yeah. But I'm ready. Let's Which go. Which is fine. I want to know about that L- stuff. Too. LF, LFG. I'm I ready. want it all, baby. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> 
LOL, LMFAO. I, I read your email, oh, but I uh, still did the sorry. same thing. I just went to like a heavy metal, like what are the best heavy metal songs in the last Actually, I'm going to stick to my guns because I'm still yeah. holding out that we'll do stick an actual punk episode. Your guns. So, but no, this, is, this is fine. This doesn't, this doesn't change or, or, no, this is great. I do think it should be a different Hall of Fame wing, wing punk and heavy metal. And we haven't done punk yet, so maybe this will, like would, maybe this will light would, a fire in your butt, fight. Jason. To they would fight if finally they were in the get same a, get a punk punk yeah. episode. Let's let's do that episode. We need too. a punk episode. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go punk and hardcore. Uh, any other precursors let's we need to bring going. into this? Let's let's no. I mean, there's start listening to come music, up, but, but there were there. There's probably you asked specifically about like late '80s and '90s, and there's probably some grunge adjacent bands. I don't know if I should name them or not, but they they certainly had a massive influence on where music we're going. Do you want me to name them or do you want me to wait? They're very 90s. Um, is it going to be part of your Not mine, but it may be part of somebody's. Let's, let's hold off. Let's get going. Okay, let's, let's, get hold going. let's do round one, and then if we need to... 10-4. Okay. Um, Jordan, you haven't shared anything yet. Let's let's start with yeah, you. Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. Start with me for this the music. All right. So yeah. my first song, and this is I'm glad we're gonna do this because I was I was thinking maybe we did some of this during the last episode, but I I remember now we didn't do '90s. So um, I, as you guys know, I haven't been I I don't gravitate towards heavy music. However, there you, is some you heavy. You have not by by choice listened to a song with distorted guitar. In your life, <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically. No, but there's this. So, there, there's a band. This is why there's a metal band I, from I the nineties. I particularly 90s. want to hear what what you have to say in this episode because yeah. this, this is like, yeah, the the pure <clears throat> unadulterated reaction. It's it's like concert pianist reacts to <laughs> hearing Tool for the first yeah. time. So my same. Uh, the influential cousin that some of you guys know, my cousin Tim, who was a couple years older than me, lived in Sandy. He he introduced me to hip hop, and he introduced me into a lot of music. He introduced me into a metal band. Uh, I think they're considered metal, maybe hardcore. I don't know, uh, but Helmet um, during the '90s, and so I enjoyed Helmet. And there was a couple albums, uh, Betty and Meantime that i had and i think what i liked about helmet is something that i also liked about another band that might come up that was the 90s hard you might call it hardcore whatever band that where there's more syncopation there's more space in between like the guitar riffs have this kind of syncopation to it so the song i want to hear from helmet is from the album meantime it's called unsung Mm -hmm. great song great album
Thank you for proving my point, Jordan. Direct predecessor of Fugazi right here. Helmet does not exist without you minor, minor direct, threat. You said predecessor. Yeah, ancestor. Direct <laughs> ancestor. <laughs> yeah. Without minor progeny. threat. Descendant. Progeny. Minor threat, bad direct brains, descent. Fugazi leads directly to, to Helmet, yeah. I'd say. These guys have way more in common with them than with Metallica. Yeah, so that's the, would you guys call them metal in the 90s? What would you call them? Hardcore? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to even remember what they were called in the 90s. I bought the album when it came out. I had the, uh, it, it's, I can't remember if it was called Alternative. It may have been called Metal. I think the, the, the person. YouTube Music. Who introduced me to them. Calls them a alternative metal band. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you got to hear this metal band. Metal. And I was like, metal? And he's like, yeah, I think you'll like it. Like, I think, I remember. It was like, when someone says, do you like metal, even to this day, it's like, oh, there's this one band I used to listen to. They were on the Judgment Night soundtrack. They did a song with House of Pain that was cool. Yeah. And they're on Beavis and Butthead. It's true. There we go. If you saw these guys on the street, (laughs) you wouldn't even know they're cool. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Great. uh, I hear hear some Ozzy in those vocals. Interesting. Like it. Once he actually sings notes. <laughs> That's the thing that stood out yeah. to me this time listening was the vocals seem so kind of mild compared to the music. I'm trying to remember, did they have they had short hair at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that was also they like kind of clean you could, cut. You could like separate yourself from the metal fold was like that. You just cut your hair. Yeah, you became kind of a clean cut metal. But just thinking about the Beavis and Butthead joke, like that was part of the joke. Yeah, they're like wearing polo shirts. Yeah, they, it was like these guys just look normal. But that was like how you would separate yourself in some capacity yeah. from caring less about that. Right. Certain aesthetic. and we didn't we didn't mention the whole straight edge thing that which that was part of what my you know what was going on in Salt Lake City and stuff and like listening to heavy and hardcore music was the the aesthetic that was like kind of like against the debauchery type stuff against drugs yeah, which and smoking was and, a, a response to what was happening in DC I mean that was that was Fugazi that was yeah. bad brains minor threat that was all part of that right that culture. All right. Well, that's. Great. I don't have anything else to say about helmet. I liked it, and I still do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, I will say. I, last night, I was listening to. I listened to a song from Betty called "Clean," and it had really cool time signature stuff going on. And I was like, "Oh, this one's cool. I got to listen to some more of this." Yeah, <clears throat> helmet's got some cool stuff. Okay, Jason. Um. Okay. I've got a band that I'm going to pick. Love it. Can't wait. These, this is another one that's hard to define. I think a lot of times they get <clears throat> grouped into punk. Um, if you really dig into their stuff, their metal, um, probably like verging on doom or sludge metal, but it's a really, really cool band. Um, I'm going to go with Melvin's or the Melvin's. Depending on which album, do you want a '90s pick or do you want a '2000s pick, Brandon? I want whatever's your favorite. Their like their their best album, their their probably most well known album comes from the '90s, um, but they have I think they've probably released close to 20 albums. Uh, very prolific, Buzz Osborne. I think they're out of Washington. Um, he was friends. I think the their lead singer Buzz may have even been in a band with Kurt Cobain early on. Pretty influential on Cobain. Um, and I think maybe because of that friendship and that 
influence and affiliation. They get grouped into punk, not so much grunge, maybe a little bit of grunge coming through the 90s, but mm-hmm. um, really good band. I'm just deciding what song I want to pick. Uh, I'll pick a 2001. So here I'm going to do the kind of the sneaky thing. If you're not familiar with the Melvins, start off with the album Houdini. That's that's their their best album. Really, really good album. That's a very 90s album. Um, I'm going to pick a song from the 2000s. I'm going to pick um, uh, a history uh, a history of bad men from a senile animal album circa 2006 but Mm. these guys are very prolific really interesting sense of humor sometimes they get almost like too witty with their humor or too juvenile with their humor in their albums but when they're dialed in and just making kick-ass heavy music they're so good okay history of bad men from melvin's This one has the in parentheses. Yeah, so some of their albums, there's no the. Some of their albums, there's the. It kind of depends on what mood they're in. Did I mention there's no instruments? It's just drums.
Love it. There you go. That yeah. was cool. Like I, I know of them, and I've listened to them a little bit. I've dabbled, dabbled in Melvin's, listened to Houdini, um, and know of their reputation and, and influence in the those grunge bands. But I was, yeah, I've, I've felt like they're. Like I need to do more work with them. So Stoner th- this Witch was, is a great album. This, this is, is a fun good to hear. Album. It, they're they're worth digging into. So it looks like their first album was '87. Is that right? Gluey yeah. Gluey Porch Treatments in '87. All through the '90s into the 2000s. I, I'm telling you, they have probably close to 20 albums they've released. Hmm. Wow. Where are they from again? Uh, Washington State. Wow. That's interesting. With all the discussion about, you know, all the Seattle bands and Washington bands, are they Western Washington? Or? Uh, they're a small town, and I really, I'm almost certain that Buzz was in a band with Cobain. Cobain was Aberdeen, um, but they, they're, some of those, all I re, two of my picks are Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. but um, like Cobain was influenced by Melvin's, he was influenced by Wipers. Wipers is a classic Pacific Northwest punk band that most people don't know of, but if you listen mm-hmm. to, they're really, really good. This is something about like that era area. I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the attitude of the people that just don't care as much. Buzz is a unique character. Like he was never gonna sell out either. But very super cool. Look, cool. look very at that cool. hair. That's some hair he's got. His hair is legendary. There's a great <laughs> picture on the internet you can find. It's Buzz from Melvin's. I think Mike Patton from Faith No More. Maybe Maynard from Tool. And they're on the the lot the a splash mountain right at Disneyland like in the nineties. <laughs> and it's the the picture that they take right before it's about to go down the big hill. And so they're all and Buzz's hair is incredible. And uh, like all those dudes, they must have been together for a festival or something. They went to Disneyland and wrote Splash Mountain together. It's super funny. <laughs> I have seen that. Yep. That's amazing. Okay. Great one. Steve. Steve's up. Well, since we're leaning into, we're dropping metal. We're leaning into heavy. We're saying '90s and beyond. I I feel like I have to pick a Pixies tune, the Pixels. No, the, one one of my favorites, and I've mentioned them before on the podcast and picked various songs. I I came into this episode trying to think what is the heaviest Pixies song from the you know original lineup and those four albums, and I'm not. I'm not sure I have a great answer, and part of that's because what I love about them. Here comes your man. <laughs> uh, that's right. Let's that's do right. it. Here we go. <laughs> um, what I love about them is the way they mix it up, you know, and the way they sort of shift quickly from something that's maybe less heavy and, and into some very heavy stuff. And part of that heaviness, a lot of the times, is just uh, Frank Black's voice, you know, his kind of screaming voice. Um, but I think if it was always screaming, like, you know, Screamo or what, there are, there are various forms of heavy music that just lean into that all the time screaming. And I, I don't, it doesn't seem interesting to me. I can't, can't get interested in it. But I, I do love the way the Pixies kind of modulate and shift back and forth from these different things. I think what I'd like to pick is Planet of Sound from Trump Lamond. That's their last album. And I was just looking this up. It's it's released the day before Nevermind. Can you believe that? It's September 23rd, 
1991, never mind, is the next day, September 24th, 91. And wasn't Cobain on the record as saying, like, he wanted to model that formula of kind of hard, hard soft or slow fast, whatever he called it? Uh, abs- absolutely. I, I know. And also I, he, wanting Steve Albini to produce his album. <laughs> Maybe. Like, he's, I know he's on record, and Dave Grohl, they're both on record as, like, pointing to the Pixies and saying, yeah, that, that idea of shifting from, you know, more acoustic or just more subtle to the to the heavy stuff comes from the pixies but that's interesting like this is the four i think this is the last pretty sure the beatles did that first yeah uh <laughs> no doubt i do uh, they for did that sure when they were inventing grunge yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm course. excited to hear this i can't remember this in my mind because i immediately when you said heaviest pixie song i thought debaser but now yeah debaser tame to i was you know trying to which song are we doing from here uh, Planet of Sound. Give that Planet one. Planet of Sound. Yeah. Okay. And let it play for a little bit. You got to get to the, or maybe fast forward to the. You got to get fit. through the not hard part. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Part. Hey, bass. Can't do two songs. No, not two songs. Alec, okay. Alec Apple. Okay. Nice. Whew. You know, Pixels. it is a uh, kind of quintessential characteristic of particularly 90s uh, 90s rock or alternative to have a chorus pedal on the guitar. But th- this is the first song where it seems like they just put a chorus pedal on the master of the song. <laughs> it's on his, yeah, it's on his voice for sure. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give it to the the master like the, the cor- chorus that whole thing yeah. up cor- that, chorus plug-in chorus plug-in like, did Albini produce that album I don't think he no. did this so one so I put a chorus yeah. on the master yeah. <laughs> yeah run it through the flanger but yeah I mean there are spots in other Pixie songs that are 
probably a little harder, you know, like you were saying, what were you saying? Debaser? Debaser or tame, but n- none of them stay hard, you know, really throughout. They have know. some dynamic contrast. They have dynamic contrast, yeah. yes. Yeah, Changes. Was, I think that was in always the appeal. Orchestration. They, they could get so intense yeah. so quickly and then bring it back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard that one. I don't know that I've listened to that album at all. But this was on 4AD. Yeah. Hmm, I didn't. Are all their albums on 4AD? Um, I think so. Um, Are they the the rockinest band on that on that label? Could be. All those subscribers to the 4AD catalog getting their Cocteau Twin stuff and then you know, this the font on this Pixies thing looks looks nice and ethereal. Let's try this. What? <laughs> <laughs> This isn't dreamy. <laughs> okay, um, kind of, kind of along the along the same lines. I'm going to go with another uh, another band that was uh, a huge influence in this uh, transitory period. Maybe maybe led led the charge in a way. I'm going with Jane's Addiction. So they they form in the the late '80s. Um, they only had three albums, right? Yeah, I think so. Their their live one, and then they had uh, Nothing Shocking, and then Ritual yeah. De Lo Habitual. Ritual De Lo Habitual, yeah. <laughs> so that this was a great band. Yeah, they can, the the last album is came out in nineteen ninety, um, and yeah, let's just uh, let's go with I'm gonna go with Mountain Song from Nothing Shocking. So this was 1988. Um, and this, uh, they kind of do a little bit of everything. They've got all kinds of sounds. Some of their songs are more more just straight up pop, like Been Caught Stealing. There's nothing metal about that. It's it's straight up pop. Um, great great sound, though. Navarro, and, was and very, great, Navarro was like a metal guitarist, though. And he would, he, even in Been Caught Stealing, like, there's a guitar solo in that, isn't yeah. there? So he would yeah. bring elements of it. Yeah. But then they could play really fast too. Yeah. Like if you just sort of like stop, stop's a great song. Yeah. Mount uh, sucks. Good. Yeah. It's a great pick. Yeah. Wow. As as far as like heavy stuff that Jane's Addiction has done, this I think this one's a, a great example of it.
right. And then they uh, they go on to found Lollapalooza. They headline, yeah, they headline the first one, right? Um, and then that becomes a, a huge influence for for '90s music. So I think I think they they were big big deal in the the late '80s, early '90s. Maybe, maybe uh, they they kind of led the charge in the more like melodic kind of. Anthem, anthem-y yeah, type they're, heavy uh, music. I was really interested listening to that and like trying to remember how it made me feel. And like good metal, a lot of times like would scare me when I was younger. Like I would listen to like a Suicidal Tendencies album, and it would legitimately scare me. And part of it was the unknown. You weren't gonna see it on MTV. You weren't gonna hear it on the radio. Um, there was an iconography that was scary about it just in the name, but also the imagery. Um, and then like this, a lot of times there'd just be like these urban myths and legend around who they were. And even a band like Rage Against the Machine or Jane's Addiction, they never actually scared me. Like I always felt like I was in safe hands in part because if it was being delivered to me, like through their album art would have to get covered at at Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. (laughs) But there was something about, I think, like the production and having it come through, you know, a, a, a reasonably big label. Something about it just didn't scare me as much. Like, Jay's Addiction never scared me, even though they were trying to be, like, very rebellious. I think they, they actually were. But there's something. And then, then also, I think there are those elements of kind of pop, melody, etc. I don't know what they were. I was trying to think of what I even would have defined them then, like in the 90s. It was alternative. That's just what we called it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's heavy. It's all distortion. Navarro's a great like metal guitarist. Yeah, and they they do they also do ballads. They got they got some great ballads, and they've got some some really good like kind of you know pretty heavy, but also slow like the, the slow kind of heavy songs, and maybe with some strings in it. Like I'm thinking the the second half of Ritual de la Habitual. Lots of like ten minute yeah. ten minute really complicated kind of heavy songs in there. And maybe one of the differences is also the vocals. Maybe vocals started to change in the 90s. I don't know. I haven't fully put my finger on it yet. It's an interesting exercise. It's good. I'd be interested in... I need to look more into the history of Lollapalooza and how how that came about. It seems like it was all all these groups that that Perry Farrell and the Jane's Addiction guys liked and tended to play with, um, none of them could headline a stadium. I think that that was like the history of it, but they they wanted to play a big concert, but they're like, we're we can't we can't sell out, you know, Soldier Field or whatever. So let's get a ton of these different bands together and play all the same day, and then we can have a, a huge festival and get sixty thousand people there. Do you remember who played the first Lollapalooza? <laughs> was Smashing Pumpkins there? No, hmm. they were they were probably the fourth one. I don't know who the first one would have been. I mean, obviously, Jane's Addiction. Let's see. Was Body, oh, was body Count? Lineup. Body Jane's count Addiction. Jane, yeah, that's who us. Uh, Susie and the Banshees, Living Color, Nine Inch Nails, Body Count, Butthole Servers, Rollins Band, Fishbone, Violent Femmes. It's a great lineup. Wow. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go today. Get them all together. I'm there. Absolutely. 19, I don't know if that was 90 or 91. 91. What a, what a great show in 91 that oh would have been. Oh, my gosh. And but really different fan bases too. Like, 
Susie and the Banshees fans going to see uh, Body Count? I, I think Susie and the Banshees are, is is definitely like the the biggest outlier of the uh, as far as fan base of the rest of those groups. Like, there's probably some overlap in most of the other ones. But that that was a big part of that whole philosophy was not to. I mean, the one I went to the only time it came to Utah '93, you had uh, Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Wasn't Fishbone there too? I guess they've done it twice. Yeah, Remember Fishbone at, being there? Arrested Development, uh, Allison Chains, Primus. Um, what a great time! Babes in Toyland, Dinosaur Junior. <laughs> Just so many, so many different bands. But that that does seem to be a kind of a, a theme with the '90s heavy music: much more diversity as opposed to the '80s metal, where you got to play it this this certain way, or it's not. Not gonna make it. Round okay, two. there, Steve. I Round thought he was two. Coming over the production table. Okay. Round two. Round two. Jordan's too busy looking <clears throat> at his phone to participate. <laughs> I'm ready. Just waiting for you guys this, to shut up about Lollapalooza. This is what it's like going to therapy with Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here pouring out my heart to you, Jordan. You're just staring at your phone. Like, hold on a second. I'm googling metal. <laughs> googling metal bands. Can you hold on a second? <laughs> I didn't get my early morning caffeine, so I'm just like. Okay, when we get when we get to round two, when we get uh, like okay, Jason and Brandon are really enjoying this memory lane of Lollapalooza. I'll just hold on, another another minute. Hold on, another minute. What's your next pick, George? My next pick. What is? I'm metal? ready to go. Dear Google, hey Siri, what is metal? <clears throat> no, do you know what I was actually doing? I was reading about the Melvins because I loved that song you played, and I was like, why haven't I not heard it? Because I feel I know I've heard of them. But I heard that I'm like, this is the Melvins, and so I'm like reading Wikipedia, and it's talking about who they influenced, and it was basically the answer to that question of like, what was the transition from '80s to '90s? It was like all of the grunge stuff. Then it was talking about Fugazi, Mr. Bungle, and Faith No More, and Helmet. Like it was like tying in everything we've already talked ah. about, but it was coming from Melvins, and I was like, and they're from. Like, right around where I grew up. So I'm reading all about the town they grew up. Anyway, that was my own little side research into <laughs> Melvin's. I'm going to listen to Melvin's. We were reliving Lollapalooza, and you were living, reliving boyhood in Washington State. Well, I was just an alternate thing I didn't really know about. Melvin's. <laughs> cool stuff. So, I, you know, I don't know if someone's going to... I'm just going to go with... I, I'm, I'm, I hadn't been thinking about this at all as a Hall of Fame wing. And so... And I'm not going to try now because I already despite have my the picks. many references to it in the yeah. email instructions. But I, I'm just going to go with it with where I'm, so I'm you know I'm not going to go back and say oh well this group belongs. Um, so I'm going to go and maybe this group does belong. But this is something a band that uh, a metal band more more recent in the last twenty years or so that I've heard referenced by other people that I like other musicians and bands. And so I was listening to it this morning and thought, that's a cool song. I'll choose this. It's the band is Sun O, S U N N O. Here we go. With three parentheses. They're, you guys have heard of them, sounds like. For the record, I think they're just called Sun. Okay, what's the O? Well, but the fans love it no. when you call them Sun O. Okay. So let's do it. So what do people do? Didn't Gentry mention that sometimes they call, <clears throat> they're called Sun O? But. I mean that's what it's I know. I know there's a tie-in with Iceberg. They're like called they Sun, but they've got an O in there—a silent O parenthesis. Parenthesis. 
Yeah. Like, they're really good. They're cool. Yeah. So I've heard about them from some uh, various musicians that I like. And so I was listening to a song and I thought, okay, here it is. They were listed in, in uh, as drone metal. So whatever. Um, the song I want to play is Bathory Erzabet. B-A-T-H-O-R-Y. E R Z S E B E T, and I know they're pretty cool in terms of their theatrical presentation, and I don't know if it's like druid robes or what that they do, but <laughs> this is a 16-minute song, so we're no not going to go ahead. Who they were? We're not going to do what the whole they thing. They were doing, <laughs> but the legend remains. Sorry, but I sorry. think maybe we'll, maybe instead of listening to the full 16 minutes, maybe we'll listen to the first. 30, 40 seconds of drone, and then we'll skip forward about nine, ten minutes and listen a little bit more, and then skip forward. We'll, about see, more we'll see if it changes notes at I'm any point. I'm excited to let you go. I had these guys on my list, and so I'm pumped to, <coughs> I'm pumped to see you, hear you vamp on it. Yeah. Okay. Bathory Ez- Ezerbet from Sun. Oh, 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 oh. This is the actual song. It's way better live, though, because then you get to see the hoods that they're wearing. There were druids in Spinal Tap. Here at Stonehenge. Here we go. Giddy up. All right, let's skip forward about six minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you sure? Let's let's see what let's okay. see what's going on. Brandon, around. I've got a question for you. I mean, I'm enjoying forward. it honestly. Brandon, do you think Jordan has heard this song before now? <laughs> I, he confessed he listened to it this morning for oh, the yeah. first okay, time. Good. Yeah. yeah. The novelty hasn't worn off. No, I'm loving it. Here's I just skipped forward six minutes. I'm not joking. <laughs> I I, be- I know. Yeah. I, this is what I did this morning. I'm like, I'm playing this for sure. <laughs> Should we try at the 10 minute mark? Let's go to the 10 minute mark. Whoa, whoa, we missed something. They yeah. added a bass. That's, oh, why, that's why I said nine minutes. Oh, okay. Here we go. We're back at 6.50 right now. Something's going to happen.
pterodactyl. Jordan. I'm here for it. Drone ambiance. It's like the it's like the Brian Eno. Uh, it's like the metal version of music for airports. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like it's like going to Iceland and, and maybe I've never been to Iceland, but sitting and and watching a volcano for a week, waiting to see if something's going to happen. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Yeah. Or like bird watching. Yeah. Hunting, stalking that deer. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, you spend like the whole week stalking that deer, nothing. And then there's that one moment. And boy, if you miss it, if you. Yeah. That mo- one moment where w- one thing happens. Yeah, I, I can get behind. Uh, like fishing. I can get behind it. The music that does a lot less and then builds. It doesn't lend itself to uh, a, a short, easy podcast clip, but it, <clears throat> it's a it's a good pick. I um, I had believe it or not, I had these guys on my list. You just you just threw my list off. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't that track that yeah. I would have picked, but uh, but I actually wasn't going to pick them. I was going to pick the the album that they've spent their entire career trying to copy which is by a different band from the 90s oh, believe it or not let's hear it but drone metal the hard part about drone metal is like you're listening to metal without drums basically it's it's all tone it's all in the distortion they're sometimes barely changing notes but atmosphere it's meditative it's i uh, i used a, a few songs by these guys uh, on the soundtrack to my macbeth film Oh, okay. Uh, we made a uh, post-apocalyptic version of, of nice. Macbeth, and there we go. this, yeah, this stuff fit the mood. Yeah, Very good. It's not, it's not too distracting, you know. There's nothing going on that people would be like, "Whoa, what's that?" You know, just yeah, it's just there. Yeah, it's it's ambient. Some some Clint Mansell soundtracky kind of ambient metal. Uh, there's a great, a great uh, HardTimes.net article. They they pick on drone metal a lot. <laughs> That's with everything, but just recently, it doesn't seem like it would be just easy recently. Target. Here's the headline: Drone metal guitarist kicking himself after playing wrong note for entire show. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? I had one job. I just had to sustain a single note for the entire 83 minute single song set list we had planned. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Obviously, I realized my mistake immediately, but there was nothing I could do about it. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be to just suddenly change notes? It's pretty amazing that this band is as popular as it is. Like... For how kind of avant their they their are. album they've got multiple albums their album that probably is the the most respected in their discography has a little more variance of of tone within it than than that song um, but that song is definitely representative of yeah. of what they do of very they much do. so I mean but that's drone metal as well long songs with. The, the 
and their performances are probably partially what makes them popular. Like people, it's kind of an event. Like, oh, have you seen them live? Kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, are, like <clears throat> they've they've influenced, and I think Gentry's even played with them. But they their the their focus on tone, their focus on like a very specific style of really really thick distortion um, makes it a different. It's, it's just a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna. You're not going for the solos. You're not going for really anything other than to just be like covered and coded in this specific tone, yeah. this specific sound that they that they create. Yeah, yeah. Greg Anderson, their guitarist or one of the guitarists, he uh, he's Pacific Northwest hardcore mm-hmm. guy. He's in a bunch of uh, probably like on the the straight edge side of of uh, hardcore bands. Interesting. I, he was in Engine Kid that. Came to Utah and yeah. toured toured with Iceburn. Yep, they put out a split EP together. And then, uh, yeah, he he founded Southern Lord Records and nice. Now now he does drone stuff. Yeah, I like it. Excuse me. All okay, right, Jason. Jason's up. Um, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I can submit another drone. So the album I was gonna reference. <clears throat> uh, there's a band called Earth, and Earth is is who I think. Sun and other drone bands have really tried to emulate their first album, Earths, was uh, well, 1993. Uh, I am going to correct you there. What they're actually trying to emulate is the first drone metal song from the, the Beatles. The Beatles, right? I remember that. <laughs> right there. Like, they, they did it. The first, the first five seconds of drone metal, they did it right there. <laughs> Forgot, I forgot. <laughs> so yeah, Earth. Uh, so Earth here's the real is question. Imitators, but here's the real keep question: going. Uh, Was Ringo Starr playing the drums on that or that, was it that track other guy? actually, oh, wow, or did they bring in his replacement that they use for <laughs> for all their songs? We going into the replacement conspiracy theory? <laughs> he, it's documented. He said he did it, and that counts as documentation. Yeah. Here, yeah. I I played drums on Beatles tracks. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm documenting it right now. I did it too. You weren't alive then, and you're, and, you're not, and you're not an actual session drummer that has a proven record of playing on other people's albums. Here, here's the clincher for me. Um, in got his, him. I got what's him. this guy's name? <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, oh, wow. Jay, Jason Johnson doesn't us, even. He yeah. sent us this clip of some famous drummer <laughs> yeah, this that claims claims to remember. have played on twenty Beatles tracks, like yeah. o- overdubbing yeah. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Uh, can't remember his name. I'll find it. So he doesn't name any songs. Uh, here's here's the technical issue with uh, for it with me. At least up through, so the White Album. Do we have we got time for this? Of course we do. White album's the first album that they even had eight tracks to record with. Everything before that was recorded on four tracks, which means the drums, every mic on the drums is going onto one track. Additionally, with usually the bass and the rhythm guitar is all one track. So how is he are these Beatles songs that we're hearing, do they have two drummers on them? It was Bernard Purdy, who's never yeah. told a lie in his life. He can't. You can't Great erase of all time. You can't erase the drum track when it's just recorded onto two tracks originally. They just uh, they f- they figured out a way. 
He he time warped Peter Jackson with his AI program to. No, they they maybe. Oh, how about this? Maybe they never actually recorded uh, Ringo in the first place. They kept an open (laughs) track. Because they knew. Speaking of documentation, yeah, <laughs> maybe they never. I think maybe that's what it all was. those it was all those Bernard books Purdy. with Bernard Ger- Purdy George on Martin's the record notes. says he played on twenty Beatles tracks, and he was very. You saw how coy he was about it because he didn't I think did, I did Ringo see how Star, coy he was. You didn't think Ringo. Star, he didn't think Ringo Starr knew that they had replaced him. <laughs> out the mics were like, I'm a really good drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, I'm awesome. not. I'm Thanks. not saying it's impossible, but I have questions about it. Thanks, Beatles, for inventing drone metal. Yep. Jace, next, when, next when you up, said he's up, never told a lie JFK. in his night, life, yeah. that's the part with that. Well, where's your documentation for that? Where's your proof that he's never told a lie in his life? He's innocent till proven guilty. Prove he told one. What about Ringo? Innocent till proven guilty. Oh, we know he lied. <laughs> <laughs> What's your pick, Johnson? Get to it, Johnson. Anyway, check out the album Earth by Earth, uh, Earth 2 Special Low Frequency Version, circa 1993. Actually kind of a cool album. They're out of Olympia, I believe. Um, I'm going to enter into the, the formula here, the wing. Um, one of my favorite styles of metal, which is like, I guess it would be considered doom metal or stoner metal uh probably created by black sabbath on the masters of reality album and then i think really came to prominence in the 90s uh with like the stuff josh homme was doing with caius and those desert session albums uh just kind of a slowed down lots of drop drop tuning and heavy distortion uh, lots of bands through the 90s that were doing it. I'm going to try to bring some 2000s into this wing. So we're going to go with... I'm going to enter Red Fang uh, into the wing. Red Fang, uh, play the track Arrows, circa 2021 from the album Arrows. Stoner Rock, Doom Metal is great. I love it. I, I listen to it still regularly.
Brett Fang out of Portland, another Pacific Northwest. By the way, Earth that I mentioned out of Olympia, Washington, so lots of Pacific Northwest. The formula for doom metal is you basically go drop D tuning, turn your distortion up to like 11, and go like 90 beats per minute, and that's that you, you check those recipe three boxes, for success, and you have doom metal. What was the name of that song again? Uh, Arrows. But Red Fang's great. They've got they've got lots of good stuff there. They're really good. Uh, I I do enjoy showing that that music video <laughs> to uh, <laughs> where they got their check to make a yes, music video. Uh, what song is that again? It's is it Wires? Yeah, that's it. Great, great video. Yeah, they're funny. <laughs> Um, All right, Red okay, Fang. I've never heard of him. Let's hear it, Steve. Guys, I was wrestling. I'm kind of going chronologically, but um, so I think I'm going to pick Show Me How to Live by Audio Slave. Ooh. What Chris Cornell action? Yeah. Audio Slave. Okay. Show Me How to Live. Which album is that on? First one. Did they have more than Did one they album? Have more than one album? They have three, I think. Yeah. Wow. I bailed after the first one. <clears throat> two thousand two. Okay. Anything you want to say about this? Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm such a. I go so shallow in this genre, but uh, I mean, I think this is interesting to me because it ties. You know, brings in Chris Cornell from the. You know, it was mentioned Soundgarden and kind of this, the way that grunge carries that thread of metal. So you get his vocals, but then I guess the rest of the band is basically Rage Against the Machine minus Zach De La Rocha. So it's like after Zach leaves the band, so it's kind of a, you know, super band, as they say. But combining the sounds of those two bands, which I think were really... You know, they're important bands, influential, and that are kind of heavy, heavy music. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There you go. Okay. Show me how to live, Audio Slave. You know, you get the gist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, they, 
I can feel your passion. <laughs> no, I do. I mean, this is one of those songs that I came to a little more recently, and I just, you know, it, it hit me, and I just, I'll, if I if I had if a song hits me that I love, I'll just like listen to it. 40 times in a row you know i'll just put it i'll hit the old repeat button twice on on spotify or whatever and just keep repeating that one song and this is one that i did that with a you know a few years ago and and uh i love the sound i love i love the combination of chris cornell's vocals with that tight mm-hmm. you know rage rhythm rhythm yeah. section and tom morell's guitar and so i think it's kind of a great combination and captures a lot from the you know, I don't know the, the the late '90s, early zeros, whatever that's in the air. But yeah, I don't. Um, it's. I wonder if purists <coughs> would kind of like <laughs> not not love love it per se or whatever. It's, it's well, I'm, I'm pretty sure too commercial. I don't metal know. purists are gonna hate our whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but we're on the record as this isn't a metal wing. We're not. Yeah, even that's right. That's wing. right. So heavy, s- heavy. Screw it, purists. <laughs> they can get bent. We're here for the <laughs> noobs, well, not that, for the purists. <laughs> that rhythm section. You're right. Like you listen to it, and you're just like they are freaking good. Yeah, they're freaking good. It's tight. It's just it's tight. It rocks, and then Chris Cornell's vocals, man. He 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 brings it. It's he brings it, and he puts it out there. at the top of their game, right? <laughs> Well, yeah. now I don't know what to do because <laughs> Steve's, Steve's Brandon. jumping the gun here. Oh, geez. Steve's jumping the gun. Sorry. <clears throat> jumping all the way to the 2000s. Uh, mine, well, was, mine was 2005. I mean, this so is funny. the second pick, and if we got to well, make our way to 2024, I thought, <laughs> I know. well, let's let's keep it <laughs> But yeah, gosh yeah, dang, yeah. how do you have a, uh, a, a I think a you wanted heavy... to do a, a 90s episode, Brandon. No. <laughs> but I wanted to pick Rage Against the Machine. Oh, let's hear it. Oh shoot! I mean, I think sorry. And somebody picked the lesser version. Yeah, of them. I know. Sorry. Yeah. No, sorry. Do it. do it. Let's hear it. Do let's it. You it. can edit out my pick. I it's can relevant. pick something else. <laughs> it's kind of like when uh, didn't you pick Pete Townsend over the Who? <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's that is well, pretty. I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. That is you know? pretty I'm, hilarious. I'm really wishing that I would have picked. Uh, Harrison's got my mind set on you for my Beatles track now. Missed <laughs> 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 really a golden opportunity. Yes, you should have. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's, oh, that's I, the equivalent. I right do. Here. I do deserve yeah. to be roasted for that. Yeah, because oh. I mean, Slitzker. Rage, it's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about if we're talking about post '90s heavy music. Rage has got to be on there. And uh, is Rage post '90s or just '90s? It's '90s. Yeah, I don't know. He means Whatever. post ninety. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how time 90, works in 90, Brandon's brain. Ninety That's what's on, really throwing it out <laughs> right now. So we'll we'll put it up to the listeners if if both of these bands belong or if only one of them, which one does. Uh, I'm going to go with the track from Rage's second album, Evil Empire. Uh, this is from 1996. The opening track from that is People of the Sun. Here we go. Come on. Yeah. We're gonna turn the bass up on this one. Check it. Since 1516, minds attacked and overseen. Now crawl amidst the ruins of this empty tree. With their borders and boots on top of us. Pulling out on the floor of the toxic metropolis. But how you gonna get? 
Man, you, you mentioned the uh, the rhythm section of Audio Slave, which is is the same here. Right. Right. Tim Tim Cumberford, Cumberford, Timmy C, and Brad Wilk. I mean, those guys. Be- one of the best rhythm sections in in rock metal. So good. They they can do so many complicated like like funk rhythms in there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they're doing like funk and hip hop rhythms, and then you got Tom Morello, obviously. Yeah. Like a, a what a guitar. What a dynamite I just guitarist. don't know. I don't know what you call them, and I don't know. This wing has gotten really confusing to me. I don't know, <laughs> what, this, I don't know what this wing is. Oh anymore. gosh. It's yeah. our eclectic. Hard, hard music. It's basically yeah. like what I think. What it is is just like the hall of modern distortion. It's music that we like post nineties. It's, it's like, hard. hey, I, that's why I hey, noob, <laughs> yeah. noob kids, you like heavy music? Here's some. <laughs> that's this week. <laughs> post nineteen ninety. Hey kid, want some metal? <laughs> yeah. Except it's not metal. I don't know what it is. Want some heavy? Hard, heavy, hard. Yeah. I don't know. Um. But yeah, all of that combined with Zach De La Rocha, just, just love it. I eat it up. Very cool. Very cool. So, and you saw them. I can just see the young Brandon in the in Spanish pit. Fork, right? I was, the, yeah. I was there at Spanish Fork, yeah. The the infamous Spanish Fork concert. Where Gangstar opened. The fairgrounds of Spanish <laughs> Fork. That would have that would have been a fun show. Were you there, Jason? No. I, I wish I was I there. was uh, I was not. I should have been. Remember how it was all on the local news and it was a big oh, old yeah. hubbub? Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, there was like a, a city ordinance that made it so that it could never happen again. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, like uh, no more, no more concerts at the Spanish the movie Fairgrounds. Right. All right, am I up? Yep. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and like along with the theme of Jason saying like, what is this becoming? I'm just going to just fully blast it open, um, and because I'm thinking. If we're all just kind of going to go deep into our individual personas, then I've got to find a Bonnie Prince Billy. Has he ever used the a, heaviest a distor- a Bonnie <laughs> Prince Billy? <laughs> has he ever even turned the gain up on his amp? He has. has he ever used an amp? He has. Yeah, I, I could give you tons. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. However, Mount Erie released... <laughs> A black metal album in 2008 <laughs> called they? Black Wooden Ceiling Opening. And so I'm going to have us play, because it's my prerogative, <laughs> a song for my final... Um, I think he just said he's going to have you play My Prerogative by yeah, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. So he's he's one of the ones that's a big Sun, <laughs> Sun fan so black, and a black metal fan. So um, he's got an album called Black Wooden Ceiling Opening. There's a great song on it called Don't Smoke that's kind of like in that vein of uh, uh, whatever. But I'm going to have you, instead of, of playing Don't Smoke, play Blue Light on the Floor. From Black Wooden Ceiling Opening by Mount Erie. Yeah. Blue Light another on the Floor. Another Pacific Northwesterner. That's another theme of today. That's Maybe that's the defining <laughs> of this week. Only metal, only metal word listening Hard to. Hard music from the Pacific Northwest. Rolling around, going on about the world I knew In which the universe tears holes into our lives And the far moon and the dark night Are the distances shown Huge and cold, wild, harsh, terrified Now where I... The gain, gain turned to like, what, three, right. two and a half? Yeah. <laughs> 
arches Like a mountain of blankets above me in the snow And I say Some blue light on the floor of the kitchen Is that what this is called? <clears throat> He's he pretty it, heavy. He calls it's it black metal. Wow. Black metal using natural materials. Yes. <laughs> it's his black metal. Album. Black metal using bark and uh, <laughs> moss. Bark and moss. And, uh, <laughs> feathers. Lots of feathers. <laughs> <laughs> the soft caress. <laughs> Frustrating let's, wing. Let's hug our th- <laughs> <laughs> hug ourselves through this black metal nightmare. <laughs> yeah, the visitors will get to this wing, this floor, and just be like, "Wait, what happened? Where, <laughs> where is where this? Are we? I want. Where, where are we? <laughs> let's keep it going. Love it, George. Let's do it. Love it. Break it open. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> breaking it wide open. I don't even know how to respond. My gosh. Uh, all right. So I've got this is my last pick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a glaring omission so far that I, I'm banking on Brandon, but now I've lost now trust in no everybody, idea. and I don't know if Brandon's going to do the right thing. I, I want to have a conversation <laughs> because I can either I can either do the the thing that needs to be done, but I don't want to take something away from Brandon that Brandon I, I would think logically would want to pick. Um, and then I and then my backup would be I've got a. Why are you trying to salvage something that doesn't exist? I know. <laughs> like you're like I know the thing that needs to be done. It's I know, like we already be, blew it open. Yeah, just, because you know my commitment do to just do, do the right thing. Do it. Well, I don't want to take something. This is like a pick. I'm shocked you haven't picked yet. I mean, I'll just I'll just I'm, ask. I'm you. shocked. I'm shocked. None of you guys have picked it. I don't know. Are what you? It, gonna, I don't know what it are is. Are you going to pick a mastodon track? Oh yeah. Okay, then I won't pick one. Okay. Okay, um, I'm gonna go very recent. I will pick. Uh, um, this was one of my honorary mentions for favorite albums of 2023. So I'm doing this on good faith. I don't know if, in the big scheme of things, they actually will belong in the in this metal wing. But they are in, in a representation of something that's happening very recently within the genre. I thought they put out a really cool album. Um, 
And so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it in in good faith because it, it caught my eye. It was an honorary mention for one of my favorite albums of the year of 2023, and uh, it's a group out of Chicago called Oozing Wound. This was one of my backups. Um, I was I wouldn't have picked these guys, but when Jordan picked Sun, it, I, I couldn't pick Earth, so I crossed everything off. So we're going Oozing Wound. Uh, great band. They have an album called We Cater to Cowards. Um, in my ranking, it probably would have been at like 13, 14 uh, if I was ranking favorite albums of 2023. Um, play, the, uh, play the track Bank Account Anxiety by, we, uh, by Oozing Wound out of Chicago from the We Catered Cowards album. Okay. We Catered to Cowards, Oozing Wound. Here we go. Never made it. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> hey, give it a chance. I, so I think heavy. Jason's onto something here. So heavy. This is good. Is this Mount Erie? I think this is from <laughs> it's, it's a huge influence on Mount Erie. So, this is a, a team up. It's a duet between Mount Erie and Will Oldham, a.k.a. Bonnie wow, Prince Billy. super group. And they, super put out a, they put out a metal album. <laughs> this sounds a, more like Mr. Bungle than <laughs> any of those two. <laughs> I hope you're happy with yourself, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> always. <laughs> What was the real song? Bank Account and Anxiety? Yeah. Okay. By a band called Oozing Wound. Ladies and gentlemen, oozing wound. Makes me happy the kids are still picking up guitars, cranking up, cranking it to an amp, and uh, turning distortion up. This came out last year. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I added a, a 2023 pick mm-hmm. to let you know that uh, that metal, in some form, still exists. That people are still making, it, and it's a new band. That's their first album. Hey. So these aren't just uh, old heads that are that are cranking it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our what what is the the state of metal music right now i mean like if our, our, if our there... league is any representation of it it's uh <laughs> it's it's just a, a vapor trail i don't know right <laughs> well there's i mean honestly listening to that i hear that and i'm like the state of metal is there's nothing new like that to me sounds 
as boring as anything. <laughs> like, honestly, like and I know, I know it's, it's the There's joke. There's nothing like, new under the sun. And, and, but like, and, I'd rather uh, hear something oh, personally, no, like the 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 Pixie song, the track that you picked. And maybe this is just a different genre, but it's the dynam the difference, right? Or even the one I just picked, going from something heavy to something totally opposite. But I think that's what some people who like, I mean, most people like metal, they're not looking for the soft part and then the hard part. They're looking for just same the whole time. Just give it to me the the full distortion. I have a hunch, for three and minutes, maybe there's even minutes. some overlap in, in fans. I have a hunch that metal will always exist in some format. I think it'll be similar to like the, the movie genre of horror movies, like... It's going to always be a thing that people make. It's a, a way to put a lot of emotion into something. There's a formula that's kind of tried and true, and the fans will listen to it. Right. The people who love it. And then there will be variations on it, but that won't really be it. But it'll be like, oh, it's it's almost like a horror movie, like some of the A24 stuff that's not really horror. And then people will bring it back to the... Like this, like bring it back that's to what, like that's let's what do this a, is. This is a twenty four metal. Let's do a pure. No, isn't it? No. no, this is the pure, pure metal. Is it? It's like a the A twenty four metal is like Sun or the the Mount Airy one. Yeah, that's it's like, like that's a like weird. A, that's like a Netflix. Deriva- that's like a Netflix derivation of uh, it. That's like a Netflix uh, algorithm <clears throat> that will still get a lot of views because it hits the formula. Oh, okay. It's actually it a good album. It. it was a good album. Okay. Like it sounds like it could have been eighties, nineties. It sounds like it could have been. Like, f- hitting the formula from kind of any decade that metal has been. Steven, you're up. Last pick for steve Save us. I'm probably only going to make it more confusing Ooh. and worse, but no. Pete, the, Pete Townsend. The, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Got to go with Pete Townsend, slit skirts. Um, no, Do it. Uh, Do it. Uh, no, uh, the, the Beatles. So, two bands that I've listened to a fair bit over the last decade, one of them in particular more recently are Queens of the Stone Age and Idols. And Idols, I think I mentioned in a Tell Me Something Good, just because I had been obsessed with their latest album, Crawler. And so, anyway... Check them out. They're 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 pretty heavy and rocking and great. Although they've released a couple singles, right? They have an album that's about to come out, and it's it's kind of taken a turn into like more electronica kind of influenced stuff. But Queens of the Stone Age, I was kind of late to them, and I've I I love their sound. And Josh Homme, I think is the way he says his name. Anyway, uh, the Desert Rock, right? Isn't that something's called Desert Rock, and it's kind of all yeah, happening like over there? Desert, in, desert sessions, yeah, east of LA, just in the strange desert area. But um, they they just came out with an album in Times New Roman. It's a great album, man. It's great, and I think what I, I I think I love them the same reason I love these other bands, and I love the Pixies is like Jordan was saying, like it is pretty hard and rocking, but it's not just one tone, one volume throughout. There's there's some shifts there. And I love the way his guitar sounds and they record mm. guitars. It's it, every album. It There's something about maybe that isolation and the way that the, he's just doing his thing in the studio or whatever, but such an interesting sound. 
an album I spent a ton of time with is uh, like Clockwork, and this isn't this isn't the heaviest song in the album, but the the chorus is has a good punch. Is uh, if I had a tail, I think that's one of my favorite song on that album. So I'm gonna just pick that one. Just to perplex the the floor a little more, but when uh, you got to get to the chorus, and that's when it really kind of gives a little punch with the guitars. If I had a tale from Queens of the Stone Age, yeah. So this is a new album? That, that one's no. That one's not new. Their newest one's called 2013. In Times New Roman, and it's just yeah, it came out in 2023. But this is they're good. 10 Each years album ago. gets a little worse. <laughs> 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 like a lot of artists. Yeah, that's I, I that's love, just your I opinion, man. Love, that's like just your opinion. Man. I love Josh Homme. He wants really bad to be a rock star, and he is a rock star. Um, but he wants it. He wants it really bad. Sometimes that's off-putting to me. But he's an incredible guitarist. And I mean, he was in. He he really was influential in in the '90s. He was in a band called Caius that really was what brought back that doom metal, that real Sabbathy doom metal. He's got a great tone to his guitar, and very very influential in the world of doom metal and stoner rock. For how, what do you, he, what how do you did. spell Caius? K Y U S S. And out of Caius begat like. Um, uh, Fu Manchu, Nebula, like this whole branch of stoner rock. Really, really great bands. And Queens of the Stone Age kind of morphed out of that as well. And then they've gone through different lineups and gotten a little more produced and poppy. But the, especially the early stuff was really heavy. Are you guys ever. And joined up with uh, with Dave Grohl and John Paul Jones temporarily. Yeah, for them, Super Vultures. Group. Dave Grohl was the drummer on their first album, Songs for the Deaf, which is, well, second album, I guess, pretty hard. But probably their heaviest album. Are you ever, you guys ever astounded by Jason's breadth and depth? 
of knowledge here. <laughs> like it's, it's it is pretty wild. I'm often like astounded, but genre, I'm used to it. I'm used go, to it. You can I expect go. it. Yeah, I expect <laughs> it. I rely on it. So <laughs> I do. I'm music nerds. He's like, Caius, Fu Manchu. You go on the list like seven bands I love I've never Rock. heard of and no one I know of has heard of. <laughs> oh, it's pretty amazing. It's like I love that Portlandia episode with the the parents <laughs> wanting to make sure their kids learn about all the right musicals. Yeah, it's like like Krautrock. Da da da. They're just yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. All have you heard Noi? You listen to Noi, right? Have you heard Noi? <laughs> but a lot of us can do that in a, a certain area. No, that Jason that, can do that in like yeah, just, just about anything. That epic, pretty yeah. much training montage. I I love a good training montage in any movie. Either the training montage or alternately known as the prelude to butt kicking montage. Slightly yeah, different. Yeah. Slightly different. Slightly. One, you're you're learning how to do something. One, you're, you're getting preparing. ready for something you know you're how to do. You're tying your boots. But it's kind of the same. It's kind of those combined in School of Rock. <laughs> like Jack Black's epic music history education. Yeah. Uh, what a great <clears throat> scene. And, and that's Jason could do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah he he's ready. ready. He's ready. <laughs> Speaking of cool rock, School of Rock, uh, shout out to Mike White. I'm watching season 37 of Survivor, and he's on it. And uh, <laughs> he's doing pretty well. Just voted off, uh, 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 what's her name? Catherine? I can't remember. Uh, Natalie. He just voted off Natalie. Finally, Natalie free on the island. Thank goodness. Yeah, man. She was a handful. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get down save to us, this. Save us, Brandon. We've been. Do you have any non-metal picks? We've been dancing around this pick the whole episode, but might as well name the best metal band of all time. Let's go with Mastodon. <laughs> is that a hot take, or is it pretty undisputed? No, it's a hot take. By the way, you're welcome. I gave this to you. You gave it to me. Oh yeah. Because you were gonna. It was on my list. I just first. don't know anything about well, them. Well, it should have been like, on everyone's list because it is. It is pretty obvious they they belong on there. Um, let's go. I mean, they got, they got great stuff on, on every album. Uh, I'm going to go with something from the, the middle of their catalog. This is from their album, Crack the Sky in 2009. And the track is called Divinations. So if, uh, if you guys haven't heard this before, just, uh, get ready. Yeah. Oh, open those ears up and be ready to be wowed. Here we go. Divinations, Mastodon. Metal banjo.
they can uh, they can do the heavy riffs as as good as any Metallica. They can do the uh, guitar acrobatics, the the dual guitar harmonies, as good as any uh, Iron, Iron Maiden. Maiden. And they can do the uh, the. Th- 13 minute changing up all the time signatures complicated prog stuff as good as any tool song so they've uh, they've got it all as far as metals concerned my pick was going to be blood and thunder that's that's a solid solid choice with them you've seen them live too i, I did think, over I think the you summer you saw them this year right yeah and yeah blood and thunder tends to be their uh, their closer it, it gets the it gets the crowd going it's such a good one Gets the ladies. It's good, it's good ladies for going. when you need to get go out in the backyard and find a tree to chop down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's metal. It's real metal. Real metal. <laughs> so what did we learn today, Brandon? I think we've learned that none of us really like metal all that much. <laughs> yeah. And have avoided picking anything yeah. that, that the objective observer would, would put in the wing. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, no real slipknot representation. I right. wanted, I yeah, I think we got to mention that. Did someone in this group share with the rest of us the that Thundercat interview where he yeah. said this is the his slipknot. his pick for like the most influential album of the last fifty years? Well, yeah, I can't remember what is... the category was. Was the debut Slipknot album, and that yeah. that was really interesting to me. Surprised me. Yeah, but I'd... what. Yeah. Before reading that, Talk I'd, with me I'd about never it. given them the time of day. And then since then, I've tried, and I'm like, eh. It just does, it doesn't appeal. The mask appeal. seemed, like, to me, the mask seemed so dumb. Like, it was hard. To, yeah. It was hard for me to ever if we consider were younger, taking the music If we seriously. were younger, we might have thought the masks were cool, but we were, like, probably, older than them. Well, and I think our generation was probably, like, raised to look at it as such a gimmick after mm-hmm. dealing with Kiss. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I, I assumed I I know for me I assumed the same thing like Kiss looked so kick ass their music wasn't mm-hmm. just whatever I don't know it yeah. didn't match yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't like wasn't yeah it wasn't as hard or as as interesting as the image maybe right. <laughs> we have an eclectic um, wing we have no we have no grunge in the wing we have no new metal in the wing right mm-hmm. um I think we have grunge so, adjacent. Like, so we, uh, we've got some some obvious uh, you know discrepancies in here. This, this is a good opportunity for <laughs> for our listeners, should there be any still, <laughs> to to chime in and and share us your picks of what you think should go in here, what we missed, and what we might want to might want to give a shot. Especially like if there is some of this, like the. The 2000s is a huge gaping hole mm-hmm. as far as like heavy music for me. Like most of the stuff that's popular in the 2000s, I hate. <clears throat> that's the new metal, yeah. Um, but like just googling best metal bands like, of all time, mo- most of it is the the 70s and 80s stuff that comes up. But then you got yeah, Slipknot, you got uh, Pantera, Tool, Avenged Sevenfold. Um, yeah, La- was, Lamb of God. I was curious if Tool was going to come up or not today. I kind of thought they would. Um, you were into Tool, right, Brandon? Or no? Yeah, I was. I was deep into them. Their first uh, first two albums. Like yeah. that, that was when I was in high school. So I mean, they I, stayed I strong. The, they have a very loyal following, and they're still. Are they considered metal? Yeah, prog prog metal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for me, I just don't like Mastodon. Checked that that entry for me as far as mm-hmm. 
my my three picks for here and i i like mastodon better tool it's more like every album's kind of the same as each other there there's some you're really upsetting some people right now <laughs> just the tool i mean they, they get they get more complicated as it goes on and maynard start is does less with melodies their fans it's are kinda, rabid it's, it's kind of like joni mitchell like how as her albums got more jazz and complicated like the uh it's you're less able to sing along with it you know mm. and so like as as tools albums get more like okay we're gonna go from three four to five four to seven twelve in the same song and back and forth and, you know more obsessed with the fibonacci sequence you just can't sing melodies to that anymore you can't so they, they don't have any songs like sober on their later albums hmm but Danny Carey, boy, he, he can do some cool stuff. Their, their fans really think that Fibonacci <coughs> sequence is, is really cool. Is that a thing they really do? They try to like play by the Fibonacci sequence? Wow. And what I appreciate is Brandon just just used an irrational time signature, 712. 712. I was like, what? <laughs> do you know what a 12th note is, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Are like, you saying that's possible? It is I possible. Bet, I bet Tool can do it. I it bet they do possible. it. It is possible. A 12th note is using a an eighth note triplet as the unit of beat. Yeah. Yeah, it's in there. There you go. They're up there. there, you go, they're, up there they're up there. Brian Fernio and other I'm new complexity sure, composers. I'm pretty sure they use that on their tractor. Ian von Satan. <laughs> no, that one might be in in five thirteen. <laughs> Whoa, thirteen. That's yeah. that's tricky. Basically, what is what is thirteen <laughs> equal divisions of a whole note? Well, thirteen. Yeah, yeah. They'll find Danny Carey will find a way. Kind of like thirteen eighth notes, but you know. What, what anyway, else are we missing? Thirteenth note. <laughs> uh, well, is System of a Down? Is that kind of yeah. kind of like Slipknot or what's? That's no, new. They, they, they don't. They don't have. They're they, they they're kind of the like plain clothes, right? Like just yeah. t-shirts and short hair and stuff. So they don't go for the theatrics and the the masks. They and seem stuff, to be more likable to non-new metal fans than a lot on, of the I think new they metal. They definitely had an, an aggressive look, like lots of facial hair and. Okay. Okay. And we, we didn't touch any of the uh, metalcore stuff. Bring me the horizon, kill switch, yeah. engage. That first system of a down album is really good. It's mm-hmm. it's like actually really really good. Yeah, so, yeah. Jason, yeah. I thought you were bringing some Limp Biscuit to us, but we didn't get it today. <laughs> didn't mud. get to it. Brandon told me I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln Park. <laughs> Said it so, was undercutting yeah. a future episode he's working on. So. It, it does seem <laughs> like we, email. like we are more like leaning into the, the the doom, the the stoner rock stuff stuff that came out of, you know, more similar to the the grunge type stuff. That seems seems to be our taste from what I gather from our picks. Yeah, everything we picked, maybe with the exception of the the oozing wound track, probably speaks to our preference in vocals specifically like for me that's mm. one of the hardest things if i'm gonna really try to dive deep into metal of the last 20 years you can very easily get into like the really really screaming vocals that's that's probably a little bit harder for me to like fully lean into mm-hmm. i don't think we picked anything with like super super abrasive vocals but there's i mean there's lots lots of that mm-hmm hmm. Yeah, even Mastodon was like that for me at at first, and you know 
sometimes sometimes still is i do like that they the three guys in the band take turns singing so you get some variety and they have different characters to their voices got bron daler the the drummer that has kind of the 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 nice guy singer kind of voice and then you got the uh, troy the the bassist that's more like a viking kind of that kind of thing <laughs> is that viking style yeah, yeah. <laughs> they vikings sing through their nose ah. that's what they do <laughs> i didn't realize that viking diction oh, interesting <laughs> teach a whole master class in that brandon okay well. but yeah any any of you listeners that are pounding your fist right now about this the stuff we're ignorant about or just uh haven't haven't gotten to appreciate yet let, let us know. Yeah, I think we're just sending all emails to Jordan, right? That's yeah. right. Point. Bring him up. You want to put his personal email up? Put Jordan up. K. Harmon at... Uh, Actually, let's Mozilla. just give us... Let's just, <laughs> 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 It'll find him. Should we, just find give him us, uh, we should just give his cell phone. <laughs> there we go. His work email. You could... Yeah. Reach me at yahoo.biz. <laughs> Alta Vista. <laughs> Jordan K. Harmon at <laughs> iHeart... Bonnie Prince <laughs> dot com. All right. Dot what are net. we, we going <laughs> to play us out biz. with here? No. You want a, uh, any honorable System mention tracks? Let's um, hear some honorable mentions. I've got it. Here's a, here's a fun one if you're looking for some additional tracks. Uh, Fu Manchu that I mentioned, they do a, they're, they're very much Doom and, and Stoner Rock, but their cover of Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla is really cool. It's very exaggerated in every element that I mentioned of what makes doom metal doom metal, but they do a great job there on their cover. Of oh yeah, you, you put that on a playlist, one of your three hive. Oh, I may have. I probably yeah, did. You, you or one of your three hive broadcasts. You played that. I remember. Because Brandon and I were listening to it on the way to play pickleball when Thanks, he guys. kicked my butt. Probably. I don't Something know, maybe, like that. Maybe it was back when I could actually beat you, Brandon. I don't know. Are you playing something, Brandon? I'll quit talking. I haven't played. Oh, are, were you going to play? I'll, anything you guys want. I thought he said he said it. No. Did you say to play it? I'll shut up. <laughs> we were talking honorable mentions. Oh, okay. I uh, thought you were going to play Fu Manchu. No. Yeah, I mean, my. I, yeah, I, I think we mentioned all the real honorable mentions. Tools, System of a Down. Um, Slipknot. Slipknot. <laughs> the Light. Have any, has anybody in here listened to an entire Slipknot album? No, I didn't make it. <laughs> after after that, you know, uh, Thundercat thing you sent around, I'm like, well, okay, I guess I better give this a try, you know, and I made it through like, you know, two and a half, and then I'm like, oh, uh, I Things, think I yeah. I think I get I get the <clears throat> gist. I, Sick, that's what the S-I-C, yeah. whatever. That track. Yeah, I started it too, and it was like, okay, skip the The screaming, the, the darkness, the, the, the harshness of the, the topics. I'm just like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't need it, but anyway. It's it's painful growing up in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Mm-hmm. you got to deal with a lot. <laughs> what are you going to play us let's, out with? Well, uh, let's just choose something. Let's just get some reactions, some live reactions. Oh, boy. <clears throat> to, to Slipknot. Let's let's see. What, I mean, you got the clown with the long nose. <laughs> let's see what's... But the young men who are the prelude to our have episode were explaining about... Do they have about. a kiss era where they went unmasked or have they remained masked the whole time? Don't they have one mask that has like lots of long spikes like all the way around it? Like spikes instead of hair? I know nothing about this. Like Hellraiser movie? Kind of. <laughs> Only more extreme. 
Oh yeah. What were they? The oh, Cenobites. Sick. They were called the the Cen- This is sick, I believe. I could see Jordan getting into this. What year is that? 99. Wow! Really? Yeah. What? This is that, the one. This is the first album, yeah, right? This is Slipknot's old. first album. Yeah, this is the one that Thundercat. Eyeless. Oh, right. That was Eyeless. Sorry. Sorry. I d- it what, just what becomes think, it becomes such a caricature that I just I, yeah. I just kind of laugh as my first yeah, response. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then it's just kind of like, yeah, is it because I, it, I don't need it's it. too overdramatic, the, the vocals? Yeah, There's like an kinda. emo element mixed with metal that is like made fun of a lot in that Instagram page I send stuff to you guys from at uh, Catatonic Youths. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of the new metal thing to me. Feels like it's metal mixed with emo. It's kind of you know. So there's a lot of like it wasn't fair. You know, like Dad, <laughs> why were you like that? You know, kind of stuff. And it's kind of like why were you emotionally distant from me, Dad? It's like technic- <laughs> yeah, it's like technically like wow, they're playing really fast. But then there's those elements that I think if you're if you were younger. During that age, I'd be like really cool. But if you're slightly older than them, it's just like, oh, how how silly. I think I grouped them into so that maybe that makes a little more sense. Like the early two thousands was so easy to make fun of, yeah. like everything mm-hmm. that was that was kind of rising at the time. And maybe I was that is that the same that, era that you talked about when we were. Uh, of just where it's this big transition to streaming and to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And things that were popular, uh, well, anyway, I can't. Remember. I can't remember when we dealt with it. Was it was it in our top forty yeah, episode or something? Two thousands we episode. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird, awkward transition time. And even like at the time with like live music, like that's where you have, like the the is it the third Woodstock they attempted that just famously with went corn and bad yeah. with yeah with like all these bands. And I've always just kind of grouped. Oh, I saw Corn once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ninety ninety five. I saw him. Do you want to revise any of your picks? <laughs> now nope. that, now nope, that you I remember, <laughs> I do not. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean that the it was it was kind of an awful time, oh, and uh, I've, I've always just kind of grouped Slipknot in with that. Uh, probably unfairly so. Certainly, they have they have influence. I mean, the the Thundercat thing blew me away, but I've heard other musicians reference them as well. So I don't know what to make of them. Yeah. <laughs> Corn, Limp Bizkit. You guys might you guys might know that I'm a big uh, Gilmore Girls fan, and there's a oh my gosh, I'm watching it right now. The, the, with there's Joanna a and there's Louisa. a funny little little thing where their grandma, the <coughs> the the mother of Richard Gilmore, Lorelai Gilmore's dad, is is the mom from Happy Days, right? That's it's that actress, but she she actually mm. talks about renting her house to Corn. <laughs> 
<laughs> she, <laughs> she's like, oh yes, they're love. They're a very kind gentleman. They're taking good care of the place. And duh, 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 duh. that's it's hilarious. This funny little joke that's thrown in there. Anyway, that's great. Yeah, best show ever. Go more girls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to end our metal episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's an appropriate, perfect ending. Yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you take us out with the Carol King I wonder, song? Uh, I wonder why we're not more into metal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear, some, let's hear some uh, System of the Dam. Unfortunately, oh, my yeah. dad was present somewhat in my life. So anyway, just, so. Maybe that's sorry. why you know, it's hard I'm to sorry. get into the angst of your stuff. I'm sorry. Metal. Yeah. All right. Well, regardless, it was fun hearing yeah. everybody's picks. Um, and may, maybe it's not an, an objective uh, metal wing. So what? Mm-hmm. It's, it's stuff that we like and we, we can stand behind. And. And we so, got Rusty Cage coming. And we got Rusty Cage coming. So we'll uh, we'll catch you all next time.